Hello, everybody, and welcome to another just hideous episode of Bloody Good Horror. <laughs> My name's Eric, and I will be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Phil Tippett's Mad God. Let this forever be known as the week that everyone started pretending they knew who Phil Tippett was. <laughs> I am sure we will Google it. That's not, listen, that's not a slight John against Phil Tippett. That's a knock against like film Twitter people who are like, oh, this is Phil Tippett's master. He's working on this. Did you know he's been working on this for 40 years? I did because the trailer told me. <laughs> but that's the only reason why. He seems like a lovely gentleman with a lot of dark thoughts in his head, but I did not know well, who he, he was did, before this. He raised a bunch of money on Kickstarter. So like there were definitely nerds like who had the receipts on, on you know, being there. Says you. One. Yeah. Says you, John. Joining I mean, me, he touched a lot of deep nerdy stuff like Star Wars and RoboCop, and you know, Jurassic I don't know if you know this, but people really like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I believe you. Uh, joining us tonight, we're just dropping like flies over here. First up, with his what is this now? His second COVID uh, bout here. Please welcome John to the show. These ain't gonna get me, Eric. This was back in like February <laughs> when we all like one by one went down over the course of like a month. Is this gonna happen again? Well, I mean, it is happening. It's not here's the difference this time. I didn't. Here's the difference. I didn't. I was already isolating. I didn't really care enough to test myself more than once because I was like, whatever. Eric, it's a big day though. It's the first show I'm recording at my my uh, my vacation home. My second Your home. Second here. home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fancy. So, uh, Does your second home. House have a doorman though. That's the question. No, no, no. <laughs> no I have to open the door myself. It's Ooh. it's confusing. John, oh, the mighty have fallen. <laughs> John demands that his doorman from New York City drives upstate to open his door for him when he arrives. Home. I need to leave. Caitlin had some going on tonight. She didn't make it. Casey now also has COVID, so he's out. Joining us in our set, it's been a few weeks here. We're very glad to have them back on the show, both from the Zombie Girls. Please welcome Rachel. I have a the fittest or the most isolated, <laughs> <laughs> but the fewest friends. <laughs> hey, that makes you valuable to us, Rachel. <laughs> and please welcome Ariel to the show. Hi. I'm glad you guys had uh, time to join us this week to review this just absolutely hideously disgusting movie. <laughs> Thanks for having us. You're had welcome. you watched it before? Was it, was, had you checked it out ahead of time? Like there were people who were very hyped for this movie. I mean, as much as Eric was, you know, giving it a hard time. It was like on my radar, but I was like, I'll oh, get oh, to it. Never. I'm not giving <laughs> it. A, I'm not giving it a hard time at all. But it's okay, disgusting. Like it's vile. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we're a horror podcast, John. We we delight in the darker things in life you know no totally true i i may have mentioned this last week but uh john shelton listed this on his top 10 movies of yeah we'll have to I, oh wow. yes he did we'll have to i want to talk to you about that later yeah yeah all right fair enough oh uh is the list opening tonight that's exciting let's let's do it let's take a quick break so that we can review mad god this is it Jennifer. your big break in tv No real segue tonight for word of the day. I would just like 
both Ariel and Rachel to review John's haircuts. John, can you take your hat off, please? <laughs> it's you know, terrible. It's a little uh, gross right now. It's terrible. I give yeah. it well, 10 out of 10 flaps. Flopping in the wind. I have all of the flaps. I miss the long golden locks, but it looks pretty good. (coughs) Something about this particular length gives me like 90s lax bro vibes. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. There's like a Skeet Ulrich thing that's happening. I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think John might be able to pull off any length, I think is what we're learning. John, could you? (laughs) He just has nice hair. John, could you? John, could you vamp for us and say, we all go a little mad sometimes? No. <laughs> you sure. Okay. Maybe something from uh, as good as it gets. Just uh, oh, I forgot he's in there. He sure is. A little craft, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. John, uh, please bring us the word of the day. Eric, today's word: zoetrope. That's Z-O-E-T-R-O-P-E. Is that a trope? Is that a fancy word for butthole monster? Uh, you, you, you know what it, you you know what this is. Don't don't give me a the uh, azotrope, a 19th century optical toy consisting of a cylinder with a series of pictures on the inner surface that, when viewed through slits with the cylinder rotating, give the impression of continuous motion. I knew what that is. I was not. I couldn't have pulled that name for you. So yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, uh, so zo the zoa is Greek for life and. Tropos means turning. Hmm. Zoetrope. So this is, um, it's like the precursor to all modern animation. Uh, and, you know, I mean, stop motion, uh, which Mad God is a magnum opus, one could say. Uh, yeah. Is Everyone can stop kind of the, doing this because it's over. <laughs> this, this, this guy finished the book. <laughs> I love it. everything no, I know not about. The Gromit guy. I, yeah, okay, that's fair. Well, he's grandfathered in. That's fine. Everything I know about <laughs> zoetropes, John, I learned from Boardwalk Empire, which isn't much. Oh. Just that they were. I've n- I mean, I've never uh, watched it. And by that, I mean a character looks at one a couple times throughout the series. <laughs> and I Everything like, I know about zoetropes just happened in the last three minutes. <laughs> 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 Listen, I do. I do in my nonsense communications degree that I got. I do remember learning about this, but yeah, this it, the, I feel like that any, was like, twenty years ago, us, John. They they'll like bring one out and be like, "Did you know?" <laughs> and you're like, "All mm-hmm. right." Yeah, I was in. I'm sure it was in some like com 101 bullshit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. John, right. John, what do we know about who is Phil Tippett and what is uh, well, what is Mad God? And I don't care if you don't know, make it up. That's we're not no, here no, for facts. I feel like Rachel was prepping a little bit, oh, so God, I feel yeah. like I want to. <laughs> I mean, Rachel, I like Rachel, who's Phil Tippett? Somebody- I, I did read a little bit about this. So I mean, Phil Tippett, as we discussed, like he worked on a ton of, um, you know. Uh, canonical or, or sort of like really notable um, films in the 80s and 90s. Now as what? Is he like a VFX guy? He's an FX guy but specializing in stop motion primarily. Uh, okay, so this is his he, like specifically his jam which makes so, sense. So, and like you run down the list, I was I was reading some of the this on Wikipedia which has a ridiculously long article on stop motion if you are curious. Nice. Like it's like almost a book. Um I didn't read the whole thing. I was from kind of a skimming. zoetrope. 
So, so uh, <laughs> human. Uh, what is it? What is Simpsons <laughs> to chimpanzee? So the last film, the last film that was released commercially that had stop motion uh, of this variety, uh, and I think that Phil Tippett worked on was Coneheads. 1993. Interesting. So remember the monster with the the Garthunk? I think he's called when he has to narfle the Garthunk. I don't think I've not seen. I don't Coneheads. think I've ever seen yeah. Coneheads all the way through. I feel like I've yeah. never oh. seen all the way through. Yeah, I love Coneheads. It's a wonderful film. Um, when he has to like fight that like giant little that animal that looks like the thing from Star Wars, uh, the Rancor. I think it's yeah, which yeah. was also which was also stop motion. Yeah. Did you just well, so he did, wait? Wait a second. Did you just say? Star Star Wars two, episode six. I no, point five. this out for multiple reasons. First of all, that's wrong. The Rancor is from Return <laughs> of the Jedi. Is it in the second of all? Home? No one. It's not. It, it's not Star Wars two. First. All right, Why? we don't need to get into this. I know my Star Wars. I, what I, I, I just forget which one that you had to fight that thing in. In any event, that scene in, in Cone, so Coneheads, nineteen ninety three. Jurassic Park, Phil Tippett also worked on, and that was sort of when he like gave up on this whole dream of stop motion. So yeah, I mean, what I'd read is he started making this movie in the 80s, I believe, or maybe 90s, by himself, um, and then effectively like put it on the shelf because he was like, oh, no one cares about stop motion anymore. And then like people like were kind of like, hey, you should like start doing that again. And he like got volunteers and just like rando people to like make it with him over the weekend um as a, he, he raised a bunch of money on kickstarter i don't know how much he, they they apparently they made like half the first half of the movie give or take on via kickstarter and then like i guess got full funding to, like, now the trailer i swear said like that he's been working on it for 40 years so what does that mean like he's been developing the idea for that long or something or creating the he worked, character worked on it in bursts throughout that time i think he even yeah. said in an interview that he got like high school students and college students from around the Bay area to help him at different points, because a lot of it was such tedious work. There was just a ton of it to be done. So the Kickstarter was basically to shoot whatever was left and finish putting it together. We'll finish putting like half of it together. I think. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, when we, we, and we should talk about the plot, I guess at some point, but Please. Um, I dare you. <laughs> I dare you to describe no, the plot. So you see, there's a bunch of giants and they're all shitting through holes in their chairs, <laughs> and then that gets fun- that gets funneled down into another giant's mouth, who seems to be really enjoying this situation. <laughs> the, Listen, um, I'm not yucking anybody's yum. All right. <laughs> so, so, so the scene, where, and I, I mean, I don't know this, and maybe if someone read this, uh, I believe the scene with the like um, the surgery and like the scene immediately preceding that, to me, that like looked old, like it was. Mm. If I had to guess, it, that I looked like it could have been scenes. shot by some '90s college students. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> well, it yeah. looked at I, some point almost like there was like a filter over some of the images to make it look older. But maybe they just were. Well, there was some hard. Yeah, there was some hardcore. I bought my yeah. starter grindhouse effects pack in that that in that section in particular. Yeah, but I, I also think the like technique was less um, mm-hmm. polished. You know, in that sequence, that. that's yeah. sort of I guess where I was going. In any event. All right, so let's try to do this. Um, (laughs) uh, This, uh, there's not, we should just say up front, there's not like a clear plot in this movie. Uh, There's not like a, there's not characters. There's not um, an arc necessarily. There are things happening. The first thing that happens (laughs) is a guy 
who on Wikipedia they call the assassin. Eric, what did you call him? The like I called him the traveler. Oh, the traveler. That's good too. In, that's my nice that's my a... that's my head cannon. That came from nowhere but my head because that's what we no, watch that's... him do. We we go oh. on this journey with him descending. So he's in this like diving bell effect. It's like a it's like an elevator that's suspended from a cord, <clears throat> and all we see is that it's coming out of the sky. Not very and practical. it starts to Say again. Not very practical as a mode of locomotion, but oh yeah, it's it's not the fastest way to descend, certainly. But he keeps descending, and for like I don't know, ten minutes of the movie, it's just him going down through different layers, and then you see sort of a little snippet of what's going on at those different layers. There's like seven layers or something, and eventually he gets to the bottom, and he comes out and he pulls out a bomb, and he like sets this clock on the bomb. And then he's about to like, I don't know, get back in or like go away. But he gets captured. He gets so dismembered. He, but you, so this this portion of the movie you're talking about is actually thirty minutes. Like it's ten yeah, minutes yeah. of just him descending in the cage thing. Then he he goes as far down as he can go through the layers. Then he gets out oh, on yeah, foot, and we actually see him descend more layers, sort of on foot and car and whatever, and traveling. And the whole time he's following this map that like. Yes. As he clears areas, parts of the map t- seem to like disintegrate from the map. Then he gets captured by some kind of butthole monster, which is every monster in this world. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so, sorry to interrupt. They all, yes. There's, there's, there's a shocking a, amount of analingus in this movie. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy loves poop. Can I say? <laughs> Phil Tippett loves poop. Put it on the poster. <laughs> no, you know, the most disturbing um, part about that giant thing was to me, because I feel like I think that's in this first part of the movie. Which, like, which giant thing? The there's a point where he is, he sees the dudes in the chairs with the poop pipes. Yeah. Weirdly, yeah. the most disturbing thing to me in this whole scenario is that it was mixing all the poop together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. No, I mean, right. okay, like easy. That's the most disturbing part, clearly. But it made it worse somehow. That it was so like two different sources of poop. Yeah, for you, you want yeah, a single probably. source. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm on farm to table shit. Eric, has anyone ever told you you're very bougie? Like, <laughs> <laughs> not everybody can afford their organic. If I'm going to be tortured poop, okay? in hell for eternity by a poop pipe, then I have standards at least. I guess. Oh my god! But no, he is still so, he is still around because he stops to look at this because we know they're giants, or whatever in this world because we see him for like reference and he's yeah, much yeah. tinier there's there's like this is not important to the movie. like nothing in this movie is plot this goes by in 30 <laughs> seconds and i will never forget yeah. it for the rest of my fucking life never <laughs> oh, no, never that's fair. so he gets captured he gets taken this is the scene that i was we should say earlier, that too gets- we should say that there's no there is no way to spoil this movie so just feel free to listen on like, yeah there's just no, no that's that's fair he he gets taken into this like operating room. This is a scene I was talking about earlier. They they like start pulling stuff out of him, but like the guy is like in up to his waist, you know, and like pulling. But eventually, he pulls out like a baby demon worm thing, hands it to the nurse. Nurse walks away. She like goes on her own journey with this thing, but eventually hands it to like a very spooky medium-sized giant demon <laughs> thing I, I don't know it's like and then a very fancy thing, plague doctor yeah well yeah but it had like the flowing like it had weird limbs and ripped was, up cape i don't know it was it, making baby noises this was about the time that i turned my tv down 
There's then like, <laughs> yeah. there's like a, <laughs> yeah. it's rare there's that like I watch a, something not in my headphones and like the second half of this movie, I watch it on my TV and it's nice out. So I had the windows open. I'm like, I gotta turn this shit down. This is psychotic. Yeah. Someone's going to call CPS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's in particular the baby noises. <laughs> well, and we, we should also say like, not only is there not really plot or characters, there's no dialogue. Like there's no, it's just music. There's no dialogue in the and entire, then, in the entire movie. It's worth pointing out. Um, wait, do the, there's there gibberish. are human actors. Do they talk? They, to each other? It's gibberish. Remember. It's all like garbage. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, there's characters that kind of feel like they're talking. There's like loudspeaker announcements, but you can't, it's like, uh, the mom from, uh, Muppet babies basically. Yeah. This is where, so there's like this interlude where it flashes, not back. It, like it, it takes us to another area, which, which is it. We come to learn like above this, all this stuff. And we meet this like other scientist guy. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was a, a different traveler or if this was a flashback into that one's life because of the way the guy was looking through the no, monitor. It, it was it's a an second origin story, right? Or no, it's a second. No, one? no. Uh, okay. I think he's sending a second traveler. Okay, I thought it was a flash. So seeing, I thought it was a flashback. Uh, okay. So, it, and you saw he had like this army of them. Like there was like. I don't know, mm, mm-hmm. hundreds of them up there with this guy. But there's like the one human, and then there's the like all all these little tra- traveler guys. I, I mean, I guess like I, at this point, I'm like lose, I lose track a little bit. So the second traveler starts descending. He goes on his own journey that involves like driving a jeep, um, jeep through driving. like a war zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the baby, the baby demon worm who was with the plague doctor, uh, ends up at another creepy like laboratory where <laughs> they kill the baby. They grind it into dust. They turn the dust into a metal bar or do they sure melt do. the baby? I love that. You're and like really it's called going, science. <laughs> I love that. You're really, I really enjoy that. You're going through the minutia of this. Cause what people who haven't seen the movie don't realize is this doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Like, I mean, I'm sure it means something to Phil Tippett, but like what you're saying is not going to make sense when you finish talking. So, all right. So, but basically the movie ends with like this, this baby getting ground, like turned into a bar, the bar gets ground into like dust and then the dust gets scattered. And that turns into like a 2001 space odyssey, like, you know, mind fuck thing. Some kind of, where maybe like the rebirth? universe is being born. Yeah. Yeah. The end. Okay. <laughs> I would have said scenes from hell. Period. Yeah, that's yeah. better than I got. <laughs> I mean, um, Rachel. What'd yeah. You, what'd, what'd so you think? I don't know. I kind of think this movie is listen as the as the smartest person here. I'm relying on you to tell me what this means. Okay. I mean, I definitely have. I and one of the things I think about this movie is that it's kind of because there's no dialogue, there's no plot, there's no discernible themes, anything like that, right? It, it becomes almost like this moving Rorschach test. Mm. And so like your interpret, like whatever you take from this movie is a hundred percent what you bring to it, like your lens, which I think is really interesting as I think we probably all have theories about what it is. I definitely have theories about what it means, but ultimately I don't know that any of them are correct because it's, it is just like this mood piece. Isn't that an interesting <clears throat> Isn't that an interesting idea in a time when every piece of art seems to have a very uh, yes. well-drawn point True. of view that you can't miss for somebody to present something that's like, I don't know, douche, you figure it out. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how much of this is that he started it 30 years ago or like he is a product of 30 years ago. But like even to the aesthetic, how grotesque it is, it feels much like everything is so slick and so produced and so stylized now to see something that is just grotesque and strange. It it feels out of time and fresh because it's just totally different than what we're experiencing now. But yeah, as, as like opaque as this was. Like it grabbed a hold of my neocortex in a way that I could not let go because it was like I was trying to constantly add meaning to everything. Like, what does this symbol mean? And what does the Lord's essay larger about the story? And it it never actually gave me that. And I had to like sit with it and and interpret it. But I just I thought it was really interesting, even if there were times, especially in this middle where it got a little bit to be a bit of an endurance challenge. <laughs> like the opening and closing acts I thought were really compelling, but that middle part is a little baggy for me. But there's yeah, a little shaky part when we're with the doctors. I feel like, cause you're, cause you're hardcore changing gears and the first 30 mm-hmm. minutes are like riveting. Like you can't take your eyes off of it. Yeah. It's, it, and and it's where it's the most live action as opposed to stop motion. And I think I it love feels that. a little bit like a cheat. See, I kind of like it. I sort of like those moments. Like mm. it gives it this adult swim kind of vibe. If that makes yes. sense. <laughs> like like yeah, it, it was kind medium. of like Eon Fluxy, yeah. like that Th- kind of This is this movie, okay? This feeling. this movie, here's what this movie is. It is Hellraiser 2 meets Pee-wee's Playhouse meets Adult Swim. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the Hellraiser 2. I can see that for sure. Yeah, definitely. We need Leviathan to show up and just like float around. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And I think there's some stop motion in Hellraiser 2 as well. Yeah. Uh, Ariel, what do you think? Yeah. So this is like Rachel was saying, really interesting. There are a lot of parts of this movie that I loved, but I'm not sure I liked it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I love stop motion animation. If you can give me stop motion animation and puppetry over CGI, I will take that any day. I grew up in a household where, you know, Ray Harryhausen stuff was playing all the time. So like Seventh Voyage of Sinbad and like, I don't know, Jason and the Argonauts, I watched a million times over. So I love that stuff. Um, And this movie is grotesque and disturbing, but it's also kind of beautiful the way it's all put together. And it is just so chock full of detail like every corner of the screen is filled with a million things there's so much detail in this i feel like you could watch this movie over and over again and see new stuff each time because of that it was challenging for me towards the middle just because there is a lack of character plot dialogue <laughs> that at a certain point i was like what am i doing here exactly <laughs> you know? now when you say that do you mean with your life yeah and again i say again i say you're welcome yeah but but yeah it it lost me a little bit and then by the time we get to the surgery scenes i was all in again where i was like oh this is fascinating that's really troll guy that's really interesting so that first act kind of lost you and the scenes rachel and i are talking about actually kind of brought you back Yeah, because there's this piece in the middle, there's like maybe 15 or 20 minutes in the middle of the movie towards the end of the first act that I was sort of like, I get it. But like, let's move on now, kind of, if that makes sense. I just, if you've it seen one poop eating monster, you've seen them I all. mean, <laughs> keep it moving. <laughs> How many buttholes yeah, but must it- I endure? <laughs> but again, it's like the visuals are so arresting, so interesting that 
I kept wanting to look at it, even if my mind was starting to wander sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, we'll definitely, I'm sure, talk about what it means. But that's another part that kind of keeps you watching is like trying to figure out yeah. what this is all about. Somebody, somebody potentially spent weeks of their life lovingly crafting monster buttholes. And I kind of love that about this movie. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is you can tell that this was made with a lot of care and a lot of love and somebody who just loves this genre and wanted to make stop motion. And there's something really beautiful and artistic about that. And so I appreciate on that level, too, you know? Yeah, I mean, that degree of detail, you would have to be very anal retentive. (laughs) Nice. See, your jokes are always more sophisticated than mine. I'm just like, butthole. (laughs) John. I've always been told I very sophisticated <laughs> jokes. <laughs> John, what did your brain make of this through the COVID haze? Yeah, I was I was not in the best like brain space to watch this movie, most likely. I, now here's what I'd say. I think the most the best brain space to watch this is like super duper high. Like that Oh my me, god, yes. Like yeah. So we should what? make this like clear there, though. Do not trip and watch this movie. No, 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 no. Disclaimer. Uh, you might but, never um, come back. <laughs> and like, make sure it's a good kind. Make sure you you have whatever. Pick your strain wisely is what I'm saying. <laughs> I like Eric. I liked your comp, like the 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 amalgamation. I to me, the like other comp for this is like a laser light show that you would see. You know, like <laughs> one of those types of situations. Like specifically, I've seen I think one or maybe two uh, Pink Floyd related laser light shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I'll, the other, I mean, because we didn't we haven't talked about it, but like the music here, I don't know if it's like actual, like if it was composed for this or if he like you know got this music somewhere else. But like it sounds like Pink Floyd like a lot of the time. Yeah. So I, I was you know. on. Uh, I guess I can't remember if it was Waxwork or Mondo, but I was on the website staring at the vinyl being like, do I want to buy it? And ultimately it was like, cause there is a vinyl and it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. But ultimately yeah, it sure. was like, how much of this is this music versus like fart sound and baby fart sounds. And like what, how much ambient <laughs> nightmare noise am I getting with the music on yeah. this? So I'll have to check okay, Spotify question. first, I guess it was also 40, I, uh, 40 bucks, which seems a little excessive. Yeah. Well, vinyl is like it's hard to find these days. The yeah, vinyl. but forties forties um, a little steep. I mean, I've been I buy vinyl forties a little steep. The uh, yeah, so I mean, look, I'm happy to have watched this movie. Uh, it is it is like super interesting and like just it, it's not for everybody. Like this is like, and I would say ultimately, I probably didn't even love it or or you know I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have because of the lack of like plot or characters or, you know, like it's, it's like a fun experience. And were I, you know, inebriated and not just like COVID dazed, I might've had a better time, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I was in like, I had to break it up. I would have watched it all, but I had to go to sleep last night. Like, but being in slightly different headspaces, like changed my percent. It's one of those things. You kind of got to go in tuned, right? Cause it's going to, it's a very challenging movie. Um, but I fucking love this movie. I love it. It is one of the most stunning works of creativity that I've ever seen. Yeah. And 
I want to just. Are you just trying to get on the next movie poster? No. Like what? I want to just. Here's my thing. Like (laughs) when I see something like this, and it's interesting, Rachel, your point about maybe having been worked on for so long, maybe he's a little old. I mean, he must be a little older if he's been in the business as long as he has. Like, maybe it is bringing on Star Wars, Wars. but like maybe it is bringing a little bit of like maybe it is bringing this material to us in a little bit of a, a more old school way which in itself is a little more challenging. And like, it feels like such a uh, stark antidote to so much of what to me has felt so samey lately about the horror genre. Like even the stuff that's trying, like once, when I see uh, like a work of art like this, like uh, I think I hate to overuse the word grotesque, but it's the perfect word. You know, I'm a like creative professional. I do creative stuff on the side and like, your brain has to be wired a specific. I feel like most human brains are pre wired, right? To like, if you're doing creative things, you want them to look cool or beautiful mm-hmm. or both. And even scary things a lot of times can like hedge towards that way, right? Like sublimely mm-hmm. scary or really stunning, but also creepy. Like, this mm-hmm. is disgusting, this shit. Like, to, to think that somebody spent 40 years of their lives. Not only with this in their head and having to get it out, but just spending their time like steeped in the because like you're talking about concepting, sculpting, um, creating the scenes, shooting. I mean, years and years and years of your life on this shit that is almost hard to endure in a way, not because it's bad, because but because it is horrifying it's horrifying and disgusting and what blows my mind is like so the the first act and the third act are similar but the first act in particular where we're basically on a journey with the assassin i'll just call him by the real name john it's fine as he's like first he's descending like layers and then he's traveling through vignettes some of these vignettes look like they might have taken a year to make and he walks by them in five seconds. And your what? eyes are just darting all over the screen, like trying to take in as much as you can to just like soak in the breadth of the of what you're seeing. And also yeah. like, I mean, you kind of give up trying to find meaning. I did anyway at some point, larger meaning. But like, what is insane is the amount of movies I see, con- like normal movies that I literally cannot pay attention to. And I watched this thing, it's like 80 minutes without a single real word of dialogue. And I was glued to the screen. Like I could not look away from what I was seeing. It is like a staggering work of art to me in that sense. Um, I think to like John saying, it is absolutely not for everyone. And I suspect a large, I mean, it might be literally might be 50, 50, even amongst horror fans who might sit down and watch I this movie you were and be say like, it "Might just be for you," but that's no. I think know. like I, like if you were to tell me it's fifty fifty and fifty percent of people walk away hating this thing, I could all I th- could think was like, "Man, it would have been so cool to see this at a festival," or like with yeah. an audience of people who knew what they were getting into. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to see this with normies. Like, no thanks. But um, <laughs> but I don't know how anyone hates this movie. Like to your point, like the craftsmanship and like the I, attention. Like, man, you, you have to, to on, you yeah. have to give it up for the uh scope of what he's doing here even if you're not a fan of it in the end well just to to hit on it really quick because you just were saying like i i was getting like kind of frustrated in the first like 10 minutes because i did want to spend more time 
in some of the light like you would go you're like what like shit's just flying by yeah like it was like the next layer and like there's like giant whatever fucking mounds of dirt or you know the the um the scene that rachel has like as your background but with the like things that are like shoveling shit i believe i believe it was just other feces from other giants hell hell and then like getting electrocuted because they are fighting with each other like I, like that shit it's just it was wild okay so let's talk let's do that let's talk like favorite scenes who wants to start i have like a million but i mean the one that really stood out was when all of a sudden it went from being grotesque to like beautiful when we get into the troll section and suddenly it's like you know um, you mean like they're a little black light react like re- poster? They're little like and, um, they're little like in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I want to say like habit- the, the little habitat like- or yes. whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I, it, because it it was such an interesting juxtaposition, right? Or all like you knew that he was capable of creating something so beautiful after seeing so much, and it's like like grotesqueness. Was and he's really a lot. Stood out. It's like he he. This sounds weird to say. He's like allowing. Tro- I didn't. Wouldn't have even thought to use the word trolls, but that makes sense. Like he he allows them a moment of like peace with each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then you're like, oh, God, this is not going to go well, right? And well, then like, he, no, <laughs> it doesn't. The guy just lets, like, the spider in or whatever. It, Wait, I can't. All it I does is, spider. like, all it does in the end is, sir, is serve to, like, um, reiterate the cruelty of the universe that he's presenting to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he revels. I mean, he seems to be reveling in the cruelty that he is sort of, like, on display in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that scene works so well because the first part of the movie you're right that it's grotesque and it's disturbing and it's all like pain and torture, but it's also all a really similar color palette where it's all grays and blacks and browns. And so then all of a sudden getting this, you know, neon, like Rachel said, black light poster kind of coloring was kind of refreshing and it kind of woke your brain up, you know, to see something new like that. I I enjoyed that part. And I thought the troll guy was really cool. I also really liked where you had the, um, I guess it was like panes of windows and there were almost like puppets behind them. That was really neat. Yeah. yeah. With the stabbing and stuff. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. And then it was like, so like what was actually happening behind there was so disturbing. I love the but amount. The, of- yeah, go ahead. But the art- artistic level of of the creation of it, like I said this in the the pre show email, like basically I don't think I've ever seen anything so grotesque, so like lovingly and breathtakingly rendered. Yes, to the point where yeah. it gets into this place. I think you're talking about like almost like an exquisiteness mm-hmm. to it. Those like little um, silhouette scenes too were like horrifying, <laughs> like the stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> horrifying. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree, like. But um, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say I love how how mixed everything is, where it feels like mixed medium art. You've got like fiber yes. arts and kind of claymation stuff. There's tons of mesh. Metal, there's the shadow puppets, there's live action things. All of it combined together is really interesting. It, it makes it even more detailed and layered, you know? Um, I really like the, um, I think it's what the, 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 the shit eating monster is like creating the like little automaton. Is he creating like, the little slave people? Yeah. 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 And like, so then you, cause we spend a fair bit of time with them. And at one point I even thought he was going to make a character out of one of them. That's an interesting scene and, uh, because like, yeah, I'm not even sure I re- connected the dots that that's where that, but you are sort of, 
slowly seeing small parts of a larger machine and yeah, yeah but it's like almost hard well, to, it's almost hard to because you never get to zoom out so it's hard to like figure out what the hell what's happening but it's fascinating to watch well, and you I get love, the sense like, they're making them to kill them. Like that's yes. that, that is the purpose yeah. of the machine. It's yeah. just like a murder machine. <laughs> that was my favorite, probably scene in the movie. It's it's a little more extended than some of the other vignettes. We're still with the assassin at that point. He's kind of just walking through, like observing, and it's like, yeah, like a little machine with that, like injects molds with like lint from what it looks like literally and then like presses them and there's like a little light tube and then they come out and they're just like brainless like dude like they just kind of and they start wandering around the environment and spreading out and this scene is i think noteworthy for the slapstick in it because literally it becomes funny like you're watching there's one scene where this thing is swinging around and just like lopping off the tops of their bodies and stuff. And then there's another one that like pushes them off a cliff and then they're getting pushed in front of like a train. And there's a steamroller. Yeah, just like right, the steamroller. And this this like character that we're following is just watching all this unfold. And then yeah, he does have it's like funny at first, but then he does have a moment with one where you sort of see its fear or something, I guess, as he's like going down to the next level because um, they're like giant uh it, this one i couldn't tell where, if they were meant to be like testicles or breasts or something like oh, that the thing. monster that's like the all, butthole monster isn't it well it yep but like when it turns around it has like <laughs> you can it, does. it has like it right like testicles, where but they almost have nipples on them where it do. they have like nipples yes yeah. yeah where it would have balls it has giant boobs why choose when you can have both <laughs> that's true that's the <laughs> i believe they call those chesticles john I think that's the scientific term for that. It's actually in the production Bible for the movie. Like an old Nintendo menu that just has like the like yeah. booklet that has the names of all the enemies. Of the yeah. chesticle uh, monster. Um yeah, man, that scene that scene is is extremely, extremely horrifying. To the point where like I'm almost yeah. having trouble remembering other things. And so here's another thing too, is we we chatted a little bit. Uh, in the email thread about just interpretations of the movie. I mean, again, I think your point, Rachel, about your lens, whoever, whatever lens you're bringing to it is a very salient one. I think that like what is clear in the text of the movie is you've got a movie called like the title of the movie is Mad God, right? And the movie very explicitly starts with a passage from Leviticus that basically talks about God just like destroying earth and torturing everyone. Um, and what, what I sort of like about the rope of that is that it's hard to read the way they animated it, but they don't tell you what it's from. And I don't fucking know Leviticus. So like, you're just reading it and it literally seems like some cheesy, insane thing. You'd start a fantasy movie with like, this was my experience with it. And then it pops up Leviticus. And I was like, huh, I see, I see what you did there. You didn't tell me what it was. <laughs> um, and even though this, the world at first, like there's nothing really resembling earth, there's all these like visual cues throughout the movie that make you feel like, okay, we're on earth here, right? Like there's a, there's one level that's like piles of suitcases. And there's another one where in the back you see like the Capitol building. And I think the other one was like, uh, some like a French monument. I think I caught in the background somewhere. Um, so, 
in the very least, I feel like we are looking at an earth that has been transformed into hell. Uh, for me, bringing to it, I feel like he's making some kind of statement. To me, it feels like a sort of damnation of like, of God in a way, right? Or of at least like, you, I think you could go even deeper and and look at like the way modern religion ignores this version of God in some way. Um, so it's almost like, to me, if the movie, this is how I am choosing to interpret it. It's like a dare. It's like, a okay, like let's look at this text and read it fully literally and present it to you exactly like just in the, as a horrifying detail as it is. Right. And like this is for large chunks of history was like very omnipresent in people's minds. Like this version of what hell would look like if you didn't follow God's word or whatever. Right. Now I'm certainly bringing my own lens to it, Rachel, to your point, <laughs> but that was sort of what I took away from this. Yeah, I'm mostly on the same page with as you. I went and read the it's like Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 26, but it's actually the version from the Torah. So I went back and I wanted to see sort of the context for it. And I do think that this is kind of the the key to understanding this movie, in my opinion. And I think other people, obviously, I'm really excited to hear everybody's interpretations. But it it's essentially like the first half of the chapter, which is not included in that text at the beginning, is about how to not live a, a cursed life according to God. And then, and then it lays out the punishments and the punishments are insane. Like there, it's a hysterical response to people doing like pretty basic shit. Hysterical is a good way to put it. Yeah. Yes. And, and so I think that's where the, in my interpretation, that's where the mad God comes in. And I kind of feel like this is almost a literal interpretation of like, if you believe this, this is what this is the the world that a god that would believe that or like that this would be their ethos this is the world that they would create and there's like references to like if you actually go through and read all of the punishments there's actually kind of little tidbits that you could attach to the mm. film like the the wars and things like that there are symbols in the thing that and of course That's i know i'm a i'm i'm a tinfoil hatter but to me, once I read that, it contextualized things. It didn't feel as disparate anymore. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like stand it's almost like chapter and verse of that latter section kind of thematically follows the things that happen throughout the film. It, yeah, it definitely uh, feels like a version have chesticles in it, or <laughs> do you think that only came in at the king? Thou shall be no, consumed by a chesticle it monster. Didn't make it into the, yeah. I was like straight For some reason, my for some reason my my reading the Bible voice sounds like Ted Kennedy, and I don't know why. The, um, no, I mean that, I, so like, look, I don't have an interpretation of this mainly because I was very tired and not feeling great all day after watching the movie and couldn't put too, too many thoughts together. Um, it is it, the way that that sequence is presented, like the, this, this, um, verse is presented is like so specific. And so like, it, it, you know, it's, it's a very clear signal of at least like what he's trying to set up. Now, here's my complaint. I found it very difficult to read because of the font that he used. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, I like, totally was hard oh, to read. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no like, it's fine. What? So, John, I've missed things you've uh, said for 15 years. It's okay. Um, <laughs> no, you're dead on. It's hard to read. But yeah. Yeah. It was very clear. 
if I'm honest, I got so wrapped up in what was happening in the movie that by the time it was over, I had forgotten that there was that <laughs> beginning scroll. No, it's easy. I mean, it's e- you're you are assaulted by so many visuals. It's extremely yeah. easy. Yeah. The thing that yeah. like I sort of zoned for a while on thinking about it until I got to the level with the suitcases because that just seems like a very like post-apocalyptic Earth like. Right. And, and because I didn't remember the, the Bible part of it at all, I thought it was more, I thought it was God's punishment for like man's inhumanity to man. The fact that there were nuclear bomb kind of clouds going off, like uh, mushroom clouds that we had like destroyed the planet and fought each other. And this was the hell that we were left with. But I think that the way you guys are talking about it is really interesting. I also wondered too, if there weren't parts of it that were kind of, kind of almost like a, like a rumination on capitalism that Mm. we toil away, we're tortured and we die. Like you're born, you work, you die. I think that the, like that's super interesting. Cause I was going to say like the one of the, I keep coming back to it, but the, the suitcases were really pointing imagery for me. And this is probably just me projecting more, but like to me, it's such a, uh, it's such a mundane artifact of human life to see left behind that also to like, you could argue represents like drudgery. Sure. You know, or like, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the possessions or baggage, like actual literal baggage, Mm, like it's such a potent, you know, metaphor. You can really assign so much. And it's almost like something about the part of the movie that it comes in. You've been like assaulted with insane visuals. It's, subtle in comparison and that made it like stand out to me i feel like no i agree i agree i mean you're just like it's kind of like being thrown in the middle of the ocean you're just like trying to grab a raft right and like you see something you recognize you're like hey you know you're (laughs) to ariel's point like you know uh, what you're trained by movies to be searching for context clues and to put it together and that i think might almost pull you too deep into the weeds yeah, where you need to be, but but it but it also is a movie that uh, you could watch this movie a hundred times and see some yeah like, and see something see you stuff. missed. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, because like I like a lot of silent films, so not having dialogue isn't a stretch for me. But the fact that you don't have any discernible plot and there's no character to latch onto. I mean, we keep talking about the assassin, but he's just a guy walking through. We don't see facial expressions. He doesn't have a personality, a name, a a character arc, a backstory. There's none of that. So I think you do have to just kind of at a certain point say, okay, and kind of give in to the fact that there's not a plot or a character and just focus on the beauty and the art that's in front of you. It almost feels like have you guys ever been to a museum or an art gallery where there somebody did like a performance piece and they videotaped it and they just have it playing on a loop in the museum? Do you know what I mean? It kind of yeah. feels like that to a certain extent where you just kind of like let yourself go and just watch yeah. what's in front of you. Yeah, I would um, say this movie is not entertaining. It's mesmerizing. Yeah, yeah that's a good yeah. way to put it. The uh, the animation, the animation on the, um, like, uh, the assassin... His like walking animation was insane how smooth it was. Like, and they're reaching in his pocket and pulling the th- I was like really blown away by the animation to see. I mean, we're so used to seeing stop motion in like older movies. Yeah. And even then, a lot of times in horror, it's a stop motion element, you know, that is then projected onto like a real scene. So to see like a fully realized stop motion world um, shot on film and then 
transferred over to this like pristine HD, it's like mind blowing. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It, I love the way we, I know we talked about mixed media, but I love the way that they, he plays with scale in this movie. One of my favorite aesthetic things that he does in this is he'll introduce a character and you think like you have assigned a scale to him just automatically. And then he'll juxtapose it against something else. And you're like, Oh no, that is giant. Or, oh changes, no, that's yeah. tiny. It's really interesting. It's, and it's, it's, um, it like kind of keeps you on your back foot all the time. You know what I mean? It's a little yeah. off putting, but in a way that is compelling. You know, it's yeah. funny, one genuine, like, I, I sort of just allowed myself to let go at some point. But the one moment, like, I genuinely was disappointed when the assassin gets caught by that monster. That was sort of the point in the movie, and I think the surgery scene where I had to, uh, that was the moment where I wrestled with and then let go of the fact, like, there's not going to be any resolution here. Like, because you- right you watch him travel for so far. You're like invested in like, what's his mission? Like, what are we looking for? And then he's just on the operating table getting torn apart. And you're like, well, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, cause it does almost present itself. Like it's going to be some sort of like Odyssey, like classical yeah. Odyssey kind of story. <laughs> and then it's like, Nope, no hero's journey for you. Here's somebody licking a butthole. Have a good time. <laughs> I did like the effect with the surgeons where the jerky faces, like the kind of flashing faces. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm uh, telling you, I think that's the original scene. I think that could be that animation. I like the amount. I like the amount of people here in this movie who look through like a telescope and then for some reason, see like a TV screen and then just watch a scene and then just pull away. And then <laughs> <we> just, <laughs> that's like where I feel like my like peewee's Pee-wee's playhouse. Cause they were waiting for yeah. the penny <clears throat> cartoon to start. Yeah. There was all kinds of, <laughs> Cause that people forget, but that show had all kinds of weird claymation shit in it. Oh yeah, it, it did. It, it did. It. You're bringing it back. I, now I'm I'm liking this movie more. The more we talk about it, the more I find that I'm liking it. The more I'm like, is Pee Wee's Playhouse streaming somewhere? Because I need that in my life. Right? <laughs> that was legit. It's gotta be. Random, it's gotta be. random side. So they would play Pee Wee's <laughs> Playhouse at the end of the Saturday morning like cartoon block. I think on ABC, mm-hmm. right? It was what like, I come waited. On, Tubi, come I, I waited for this shit all week, and it was like the highlight of the Saturday morning. It was the last show, and then at the end, you remember he like would get on his scooter or his bike or whatever, and like that was the credits. And I was just like, that always bummed me out because like then I was know. Over. Saturday morning was over. I need yeah. more cowboy Carl in my life, or Curtis. Cowboy Curtis. Cowboy Curtis is nice. <laughs> oh, the king of cartoons. Missy Vaughn is a fashion icon. I, I, I yeah, she got me young. Obviously, <laughs> I was it looks like, like it's not streaming for free. I think you might have to buy it. Yeah, bummer. Uh, well, I guess it's good you didn't buy that record. I'm sure so I. Money. <laughs> I'm sure I. I'm sure I know a guy who can help me out. That's true. Um, <clears throat> anything else you guys need to, uh, cleanse your souls of before we wrap mm-hmm. this review up? I wish we got more of those <laughs> witches. They were really cool and they were only in like one or two scenes really quickly. And they witches. looked neat. The like sewing witches, you know? Oh yeah. 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 
they're like under the table or something. Yes, and they hand yeah, in the thing when it's it. done. Okay, yeah. yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I just thought they were really cool looking. I don't know. There were neat parts in this. I did not care for the guy with the long nails and toenails no. at all. Oh, God. I There's so much in this that as you're saying this, I'm like, coming <laughs> I back to me like, like I had a strong memory or something, and you guys are like hypnotizing it out of me. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, I'm having like a satanic panic, but mad, make it mad well, God right now. Because it's essentially a collection of vignettes. I mean, I think you can feel in some ways the fact that this was worked on for over 30 years. It's like, it's you like know, that 75. It's like these little pieces that he put together it's like 75 yeah. short movies yeah but exactly exactly <clears throat> would you recommend this movie rachel you know what i think i think i would i would say for people who i would i might say watch it almost in chapters um because i don't know that everybody has the attention span for it but i think it is such a masterpiece like technically that if you're a horror fan you need to see this mm -hmm. rachel I'm Rachel. Oh, God. <laughs> Rachel, I'm just kidding. Ariel. Uh, yeah, you know, when I first got done with watching it, I wasn't sure if I would have recommended it to anybody. But the more that I've lived with it and the more I've thought about it, I already have a list going of people that I think should watch it. So you know what you're in for. But yeah, I would mm -hmm. say watch it. John? I would say you should probably watch Coneheads. Then Star Wars 2. Research. Then, Star Wars 2. <laughs> yes, watch no, the Clone uh, Wars. Yeah, I will recommend it, yes. Sorry, Attack of the Clones. Now I do I was it. I was gonna I was gonna let Hopped it slide. It <laughs> uh yeah, normally lately I've been all about the qualifiers, but I'm I'm not doing that here, John. I'm gonna say yes, you should watch it. And if you don't like it, I'm gonna preemptively tell you that I don't care, so please don't tell me. Thank you. Don't come at me when you watch it, is what I'm saying. Anytime I'm like, like over the top like about it. something, people are always like, you like hype this movie out. No, I don't listen. I'm not here for that shit, so don't give it to me. I do not, I do not, I do not receive that. Set those boundaries. Is what I'm yeah. telling. Thank you. All right. <laughs> let's do it. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. Somewhere in deepest space, all hell is breaking loose. They cut the power. How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. Get them out of there! Aliens. This time, it's war. Aliens. The new movie. Rated R. Franklin from Better Off Dead with Bloody Good Horror. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. I mean, I would say, like, especially don't fall asleep if there's a chesticle monster around. Yeah. You know? Good advice. Just good. Thank Sound you. Advice. Thank you, Ariel. <laughs> just good life advice. 
John, <laughs> talk to me about this movie and top 10 lists. Because this is this so movie's I, wide release. And yes, I am told you allowed Shelton to put on his list last year. You know, Eric, I only have so much energy for policing people's but if, lists. But if you don't let me put it on this year, you and I are going to have a problem, I think is what I'm saying. All right. Well, we can cross that bridge, brother, when we get there. No, you know, don't John, worry. you know I make my list as we go. I know. You can put it on there and you know, we'll figure it out. Thanks, buddy. I just have to find it. Well, that's on you. <laughs> if you... Caitlin's not here. If you were Caitlin, where would you put my list? <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Um, Right now, John, my number... Control X. Right now, my number one is X, and my number two is Spine of Nights. I'm gonna bump everything down and put this at number two. Wow. Okay. There you go. There's a there's some DNA between Spine of Night and Mad God. Yeah, there like. is. Yeah. This is yeah. my vibe mm-hmm. this year, John. What do we got? Yeah, bring me more of this shit. Whatever it is, inject it into uh, my veins. Yeah. I wouldn't hold your breath unless someone else, some other. So I looked it up. Uh, Phil Tippett's 70, 70 years old. Um, you know, unless you've got somebody else who's been hacking away for 30 years. I can't so. wait to see what he makes when he's 100. <laughs> <laughs> do you think now, do you think now that it's, do you think now that it's come out that he's like, I've done it. I've said all, all of the things about buttholes I needed to say. And. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No email this evening. Don't forget to check us out patreon.com slash bloody good horror. When you do that, you're gonna get a live stream of the show on video. John, people often tell us we're not as ugly as they thought we would be. And I find that's like the biggest compliment <laughs> anyone's ever given me. Um so you can check the live stream out. We're on Fair s- <laughs> our Slack community. You can check that out. You can get back episodes of the show. You can get the classics feed, which drops on Mondays. You also get um, this show early release. You can get that Thursday evening. I would tell you a specific time, but Patreon seems to take random amounts of time to publish after I hit the button. So, <laughs> um, I also didn't do this last week, so I don't know what we read and what we have. Let's see, what's today's date? Six twenty nine. Twenty nine. What? When did we? Re- when did we record last week, John? Give me a day. Last Thursday. Twenty seventh. Twenty third. Oh, I got it. I I think it it was Thursday. Yeah. Twenty. First up, Whitney. What horror movie would you want to see remade as a stop motion animation film? Ooh. What was I just saying? Oh, when we did, uh, I was saying it about rotoscope a couple weeks ago that I'd love to see Game of Thrones redone, so you could just not have to worry about budget and just do the scale right. That would be cool. I mean, that would be cool. It would be a lot of talking in in, <laughs> in uh, claymation, which would be funny. There's a lot of like somebody sitting well, in a chair like, with a uh, glass of wine. It's like Waking Life. I mean, that was like yeah, mostly people true. talking in rotoscope, so <laughs> it works. I'm trying to think of what's a movie that was like cool conceptually, but didn't have the budget to execute the ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, what is something you could do? Let's stop it. You know. Stop motion animation. It, well, it's like it's funny because that's like out the window now, right? Like you could pick some like I don't know. <coughs> sort of. Like unless 80s. you unless you are just working with a low budget, right? In which case maybe you could do more. Yeah. Because that's what there's a lot of that's where I think this excels. A lot of sci-fi that 
almost like works better in rotoscope because it's like there's like that i don't know layer of remove from reality yeah that's interesting i mean and it allows you to establish a a very interesting scope that in the past anyway you couldn't do Mm -hmm. um like i think any of the nightmare films would be cool because you could really go strange places even more so than they already did like Mm -hmm. you know think about uh, the third one. I think like I just no limits on the imagination. I think I just want yeah, every every movie to be remade like this. <laughs> <laughs> Can we select D? All of the above. It would please. also mean less. I would movies. like steal magnolias and stop asking. <laughs> it, would, it, would, it would also mean less movies, which frankly I think I'm okay with. There's too many movies, John. We don't need this many movies. There's I a know. new goddamn Marvel movie every week, and I could give a fuck about it. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Fucking Marvel. What if they did one in rotoscope, though? What if they were like the next one? Well, this goes out to the north. <laughs> Maybe you have my attention. Then. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Next up, an interesting question for the group. Would Caitlin have liked this one? Where did she mm. land on Spine of Night? I feel like she didn't love she it. Wasn't a, she was, she was she lower on the scale. I feel like she would appreciate the artistry, but probably not like yeah, the I movie. I don't think she would like this very much. Yeah. She's got a butt thing, you know? No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> That's got a thing about buttholes. Um, <laughs> Is that Caitlin's like? The rest, of our, the rest of our SBGH are um, Ariel soliciting questions for us because she's our best, uh, our best hype man. Um, let's see. We have just three short questions. Well, two questions, really. Uh, which god do you wish was real? There's a lot of really cool Indian gods mm. that would be cool to see, but but saying a god and is you real. Just have one of them, though. It's but like, but saying a god is real doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to see it, which is all I really want here. Like, right? Because yeah, no one's seen God, and they still believe. Because so. I was thinking about H.P. Lovecraft gods, but I don't Ooh. know that I actually want them to be real. Because that would yeah. be a bad dude. Are you kidding me? We could use. Listen, if there's one thing the world could use right now, it's Cthulhu destroying everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm like thinking American God style. You know what I mean? Oh, like where you get into uh-huh. like e- like egregores and things like that. Like what it like Santa is an egregore. Can can I does that count? Can I do Santa? Because I would like more presents. I don't know anything you just <laughs> said. What does that mean? That was so smart yeah. sounding. So egregores are like god level tulpas. Okay, keep going okay, down tulpa? one. Rachel, explain <laughs> this to so, me like I'm five. Okay, so tulpas are are basically things that you create with your mind. Like you could make you can manifest a creature. And make it reality through like concentration and belief. There's like people, I think it comes from like Buddhist practice, like believe that they can create these things called tulpas. And then egregores hmm. are that, but like on a God level. So like American gods, those are like when it's like video games as a God, that's an egregore because it's like created out of this sort of mass energy of belief and faith. That's an egregore. Wow. Hey. You're just on another level. I feel very redeemed for not knowing what it is. Nope. Uh, I'm very. I think I said this. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you've you worked still it don't off. Know it. I think I said this recently. <laughs> I think I said this recently on the show, but I'm super fascinated by biblically accurate representations of angels. Yes, with like, all the eyeballs and the little wings. Yeah, eyeballs and that's wings and mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just fascinating. That'd be rad. And so dumb, but also fascinating. Yeah. I'm into it too. You can see why most of the statues are the people angels, <laughs> not like the eyeballs. Although it would yeah. be cooler. I might go to church if they had eyeballs. I mean, statues. yeah. You don't want to think of like the little eyeball monster from Big Trouble in China being like, 
Right. I'm Jesus's dad. Um, <laughs> I'm Jesus's dad. Uh, um, last question. This is um, NAF2Z. This is Caitlin's buddy who always has very thoughtful questions, almost too thoughtful for this show. Does your work and or creative space tend to look dirty, cluttered, or is it more organized and clean or a combination? I'm going to guess Schnars is always clean because you seem like a fastidious fellow. Not as clean as I would like sometimes, but (laughs) I I do try. I like to have a clean workspace, yes. I like to have a clean workspace, but I do not. I'm a cluttery person. I have trouble getting to real creativity if my space is not clean, but it is often not clean. So you can see my, mm-hmm. uh, my problem there. <laughs> the conundrum. But cleaning <laughs> it is such a great procrastination tool. You got to make the mess oh, so that you have a reason a to point. clean it. I also never, work. like I've never really as an adult had a lot of space. So my creative spaces are also my living spaces. So there's no, there's not even like, I can't just have a room that only gets touched for creative stuff and gets like right. free of clutter. Yeah, either. So there you go. John, do you have a third home that's just for creators? <laughs> Give him time. That's a good idea. Give him time. That's a good idea. What we need is another economic crisis to siphon more up to the 1%, and then I think he's on his way. Yeah. Home, so. You can have a recording studio with a personal butler. You know? Dare to dream. If I get yeah. to use your recording studio, I'll be your personal butler. <laughs> <laughs> that's the trade-off. Something to okay. food, food for thought here. I mean, I guess that's it. What, uh, Rachel and Ariel, what do you guys have going on over at uh, the Zombie Gals? What's going on, Ariel? We have our live show coming up next month that we're preparing for. We're doing a, a midsummer. Not we're gonna do like it's not watching the movie and talking about it. It's it's like that's the theme, um, mm. which is becoming more and more appropriate every day. <laughs> like, more Rachel with every passing day. <laughs> so when you say yeah. live show, is this internet live or people live? Uh, internet live. Gotcha. Yeah, internet live. I I told you I live in a bubble. <laughs> just, oh, that hey, Rachel was just Rachel was just or Ariel was just saying that as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. What else we got going on? Anything? I mean, uh, by the time on? this episode comes out, let's see. Um, Rachel and our friend Mars have been reviewing all of the Hellraiser movies on the Screen Queens, it and so uh, that's. Strong. <laughs> that's been funny the because pretty the, quick, so. yeah the longer they get into the series sort of the more bonkers the conversations become so mm-hmm. i would recommend checking out the stream queens for that rachel and i are about to review uh watcher the mm. the new chloe akuno movie so that'll be up seen that one yet i think i just saw the poster on somewhere i can't remember rachel where. I'm, I'm i'm re-watching dawson's creek right now i don't have time for that <laughs> um uh no 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 but uh Caitlin sent us watcher. It's the yeah, because Mike Cumin Rose mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay. by the director of the Ratma uh segment oh. from VHS ninety four. Yeah. I did yeah. like I did All like Ratma. that one I did like that one segment of that movie. Um yeah. so right <laughs> didn't we all uh, thing going on right now is the uh Chattanooga Film Festival, and there's a bunch of co- coverage of that happening right now over at bloodygoodhorror.com headed up by one Mr. John Shelton and our lovely crew of writers. So if you head over to the site, you can check some of that out. I've heard that the lineup is really great this year. I don't, festivals aren't really my thing. I like other people to vet movies before I see them, but some people are into it. So 
check it out. Yeah, I need like, like three layers. Festival. I need like a Brita filter of movie record. Like it's got to go through the charcoal <laughs> a couple times before I'm like, all right, I'll watch this. But then you still make us watch the seller. So is it really working? You see, we just you know, <laughs> wow. not always. Not, <laughs> not always. Well, it was nice knowing you guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, speaking of movie picks, though, John, exciting news. I think we're back to buttholes next week. That is the rumor. Because we're going to, I believe, be reviewing um, uh, uh, Crimes, Crimes of, of the Future. Crimes of the Future. I just watched that the other night. That'll be an interesting one for you guys to talk about. Can you confirm or deny butthole activity? Oh, there's buttholes in the trailer all over the body. There's like body buttholes. I saw it. There are ears all over a body. Like ear buttholes? (laughs) (laughs) It's an orifice. Sorry. You ever seen... um, I want to unpack that Eric saw ears and was like, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) With with Cronenberg, I'm always thinking about existence. Have you guys seen that one? Uh Yeah. Lots of butthole yeah. action that movie. Uh, yeah, so that's next week, and um, pre- presuming the rest of us don't get taken out of COVID, I guess we'll see. <laughs> next week, I'll be back. Be- I'm going to be stronger than ever. Double COVID strong. That's what we call <laughs> it. Double COVID. I don't think that's how that works, but I'll cross my fingers. For yeah, how many times do you have to get it before you get like the Spider-Man thing, where you're like, a- <laughs> you get superpowers? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! All right, everybody, that's gonna do it for Mad God. Hope you enjoy the show, and we'll see you next week. See you. Bye. 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 Bye.